0: is Brock and Saul. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back
1: in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle
0: Sports and the Seattle Sports app.
1: Miles to left center field. Rodriguez chasing and he will dive and make the catch. What a play. What a
0: play. What a play is right. That was Julio Rodriguez at the WBC yesterday. It's Brock and Salk Seattle Sports here on 710. SeattleSports.com. Jerry uh, Jerry DiPoto. Sorry, not Jerry Dripoto, uh, as he is sometimes known. Uh, Jerry's going to join us Alter here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, so we'll chat with some baseball with him and then Shannon Dreyer at 930. So a lot of baseball still to come here on the show today. Did you know, though, Brock, that we are uh, getting a major league cricket team here in Seattle? I did not. Yeah, the Seattle orcas i was just looking at their logo james our buddy over uh, on cairo james ranischewitz uh-huh. uh was showing me the uh the uh logo it's pretty cool looking huh. you understand cricket at
2: all uh no me neither uh-uh. Uh-uh. i once... tried to watch it when we were in dublin like yep. a decade ago when we were that was about one of the most popular things in the dublin hotel and i was like huh, oh, don't understand it at
0: all can't, can't really follow that one i had a guy try to explain it to me once on vacation in bermuda for like mm-hmm. an hour at the end of the hour, I was no closer to understanding it than I was at the beginning.
2: Was the Orcas? Was that a finalist for the, the Kraken as well? I don't or- know. But this this logo looks pretty good. So, I don't
0: know. Maybe we'll have to get into cricket at some point. Right now, though, well, let's talk to Jerry. The Jerry Gapoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on
1: Seattle Sports Station. Morning, Jerry. Morning, guys. I, I can't help but, but pull off of the cricket thing. I'm into cricket. Are you? <laughs> of course you are. Like the, I actually I, I know very little about cricket but I do know uh, that from a sports analytics and you know athlete care and management systems perspective cricket is shockingly advanced as a as an industry and, I, and I've had a chance to meet a couple of people um, from the UK who are closely associated with with cricket and and it's amazing you know when you when you learn what different sports federations do worldwide to, to help their athletes improve is the best way to put it.
0: You ever tried to play?
1: Never. And then, you know, I've watched some cricket games actually down here in Arizona while I was living here. There were, there were a community of cricket players that would play during youth baseball games, you know, out in the, the far yonder. And I thought, how are they doing that? And then I, <laughs> but you'd probably say the same when you watch somebody try to hit, you know, Jacob deGrom ground slide.
2: Mm-hmm. You've
1: been watching the WBC. A uh, little bit, you know, in passing, mostly just what's happening with our guys.
2: Yeah. Did you uh, get a chance to watch it all last night with uh, with Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic?
1: Uh, watched some of the game coming and going. And then obviously, you know, watch the, the highlights and lowlights afterwards. So uh, some, some real disappointing moments in that game for, for a number of people, I'm sure. Yeah, it's
0: sad, man. See, the, first of all, the games have been great. Uh, Brock and I were just talking about how much we've enjoyed watching it, uh, and it sounds like the players have really enjoyed it. It's cool to see some of the electricity of playoff baseball, not quite the same, but some of the electricity of of a game that matters to the guys, but without the pressure necessarily of having to come back to fans that are furious because they've waited all season for something to happen. And then, you know, they get let down. So it's kind of fun to see the guys just kind of lay it all out without, you know, necessarily that same backlash effect.
1: Yeah. I I think the thing I like best about WBC is watching the two things. One is, is watching how the different, you know, maybe smaller baseball communities or, you know, countries that are fledgling and, and, and baseball as a, I mean, even as a sport, you know, Czechoslovakia, Great Britain, watching how, you know, the, the various federations and fan bases react and, you know, how excited they get is really cool. And then I think the, the tournament itself is really set up to four Cinderellas. And, you know, to, it, it seems like each year that WBC has been played, the, the team that should win or one of the teams that should win usually wins. And, you know, but along the way, there are awesome storylines and Cinderella stories that pop up that that become – more human interest, you know, the electrician, you know, striking out Shohei. And I joked the other day, we should sign the electrician and just run him out there every now and then just to see if we can rattle the cage.
0: (laughs) Well, what you should do is sign Juan Diego Montez. I don't know if you've seen this guy for Nicaragua, but he's got an elite mustache. Uh, It goes at least three, four inches on either side of his mouth and then turns up at the top. He also crashed into a wall, made a great play in center field. And we saw him work a tremendous at bat late in the game. So I don't know if you need any help scouting, but Juan Diego Montez might be on your list.
1: There you go. I'll, I'll definitely put it on the, the personnel list and pass it along to the
0: ballot. I'm horrified to tell you that I've actually already made the suggestion to certain members of your staff. So <laughs> I'm sad that it didn't make its way up to you. <laughs> so it's like, hey, are we gonna get this going or what? All right. Let's talk about maybe the best story Mariner wise of the WBC. And that's Harry Ford. I-, I compared it a little bit to what Julio did at the Olympics a few years ago. How important is it to see Harry Ford having success at that stage?
1: You know, I, I think it's awesome. And it's really, I, you're bringing out a little bit of Harry's personality. You know, he's he, he is such a mature kid and a gifted player. And I think you're seeing that as well. I think the youngest player to Homer twice in the, the WBC. And, you know, he's such an explosive athlete and thrilled that he's part of our organization. But like we were talking about a moment ago with some of these, you know, fledgling baseball federations or or, you know, programs that are just getting off the ground. I, you know, baseball is not a thing in, in the U.K. until very recently. And, and for them to have a young player that they can really latch on to through the WBC who perform well in a real pool of competition. I mean, the, the, the group that's over at Chase Field has been, you know, it's, it's a very talented group of uh, of players and you know, I, I just I love that Harry had success, that he handled it as, as well as he did in terms of interacting with with uh, you know, social media, the interviews that he did. He looks like a seasoned pro and he's twenty years old, which I'm I'm thrilled for him and for us.
2: Do you think he'll uh be called Sir Harry Ford when he comes back to the clubhouse at all? I don't I don't know if he saw the little kid in that uh classroom that reacted to his home runs, kind of like the classroom reacted to Cal Raleigh's, but do you think Sir Harry has a catch to it?
1: I not only is there a catch to it, I I am certain that this will be part of of his identity moving forward in in Marinerdom. And and I'm um, also certain that it's not going to go away. <laughs> so he will be Sir Harry in the, in the clubhouse and around those places uh, more than a little bit.
2: Hey, anything else jumped out individually with all of your guys that played over there? Uh, Matt Brash in a couple of leverage situations, Julio's at-bats, what he's done in the outfield. Is there anything in their time away that, uh, as you said earlier to us, that you've been watching in passing, but certainly watching your guys individually? Anything else that jumps out from their performances over the last couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, I mean, you hit on Brash. Brash had an outstanding uh, outing. His second outing for for Team Canada was about as good a single inning as you can throw. And, you know, dynamic stuff, precision. I think he threw 10 pitches, nine strikes, and and they were all somewhere between 98 and 100 miles an hour with a a nasty slider. You know, he was a, a standout in his brief tournament. We mentioned Harry, who really, you know, kind of grabbed some international attention. Which is again an exciting thing for a young player. Julio always grabs attention you know he he, he did some big things he did some things to, to get noticed He's been on those stages uh, before, which is insane to say for for a 22 year old who is just really getting started but uh, his shot his star is shining as bright as anybody's really thrilled with where Diego Castillo's at and we saw it here you know before he left for WBC and you know, his particularly his first outing for for Team Dominican was was excellent, and then you know the pitch qualities that we're seeing from Diego, from Matt Festa, from Matt Brash, you know, all you know very encouraging in in terms of of what we're getting back. And really, you know, Gino, uh, it's he's Gino's the metronome. He's like quietly productive, and when you look up, you're gonna get the three for four with a homer. You're gonna get the one for three with an RBI to right. He's just such a pro and you know, I'm I'm thrilled for for he and and the Venezuelan team that they get to move on, and you know, I'm I'm even more thrilled that the rest of our players are coming home. Well, that's <laughs> what I was
0: going to ask you about. I mean, you have to be happy to get those guys back, and you know, obviously, you have a personal relationship with Edwin Diaz, having you know been with him here in Seattle, and and all the success that he started his career with here. You know, what did you think as you saw that happen last night?
1: uh you know pain you know almost shed a tear for him, and i it, hopefully it's it's nothing more than just a you know a, a, a something acting up in a moment, but you can't help but but feel uh pained for him he's you know edwin edwin is a wonderful human being, great kid, super energy he's you know he's the best in the industry at what he does and and uh you know I hope he's okay. Uh, there's, it's, and I guess at the end of the day, I'd rather have it be something below the waist than above. If it's a, if it's a pitcher, but he is, you know, he's such an electric talent. The game's better when he's healthy and pitching in it, and I hope he is.
0: Hey, uh, just to bring things back around here to Seattle, uh, we heard this week that J.P. Crawford was dealing with kind of a soggy shoulder. Uh, any update on on how J.P. is doing?
1: Yeah, you know his shoulder is less soggy than it was before. <laughs> he's he's been able to to DH. He's going through his morning routines. You know, we don't anticipate it's going to be a, a very long layoff and and really no concern long term. Feel like you know while he might not play shortstop today, it's a, there's to say it would be shortstop tomorrow or in the the very near term is, is probably an accurate way to put it.
0: What is that's great news and good to hear. As I was trying to figure out with Crawford, what is your ideal? Hitting profile for him, if that makes sense. I mean, what, what kind of hitter do you guys want JP to be?
1: You no, know, a, a manager of the strike zone, and that's what JP does. I, he does so many things that are subtle and, and and go unseen. And you know, what's the ideal? The ideal for any player is to hit the one hundredth, you know, percentile outcome of what their skill level suggests they're capable of. And you know, JP is capable of running an on-base average above the league average, which he's consistently done. Make good swing decisions, high contact, you know, keep the strikeouts low, draw an above-average walk rate, two things that he does. We see the best place for J.P. is near the bottom of the order, you know, effectively creating traffic as the, the lineup turns itself around. And, you know, he's he's been – Working his way through his career to figure out where he fits in the one through nine uh, mechanism, because he is an on-base guy, there's some appeal in the leadoff spot. There's also an appeal in having that near the bottom of the order. You know, we don't anticipate or or expect J.P. to go out and hit 25 homers. Uh, I, I think J.P., goes out and hitches 270 is 280 he gets on base you know above league average and and plays good shortstop you know it's a, and whatever he gives you in terms of slug is a bonus but you know the rest he can hit he's got a good swing he uses the field he takes his walks and and at the end of the day like you've seen to this point in his Mariners career you know, it typically adds up to about a league average offensive player with a little different profile than, say, a Julio Rodriguez or a Geno
2: you know, I'm curious, uh, Jerry, it was nice to bump into you and Scott with my youngest, Titus. And and Scott gave uh, Titus some good recommendation to not be too caught up in velo at a young age. And, you know, Ty loves to pitch and do all of that. And everybody wants, ex- or wants velocity, velocity, velocity. And he said, you know, we have a gas camp where we're still teaching, you know, our major league prospects how to throw harder. It's at that time that you start to really concern. I, I'm curious. I don't think I've ever asked you this or really even seen a study done around this. But is there a comparison between improving a pitcher's velo and improving a hitter's exit velo? Because I know these yes. hard hit rates you know have come into play and you can look at these hard hit rates and, and how important that is, maybe in your park in particular, and in April and May and June to hit the ball hard. Is there a comparison between those two?
1: There definitely is. And, and, you know, first of all, I have having had a chance to meet Titus and my guess is Titus is going to throw hard regardless <laughs> as he continues to grow, but uh, big physical, athletic kid. And, you know, I, I think the, the, as it relates to exit velocities and pitchers velocities, you know, we, we, we do have a gas camp. It's not entirely about teaching pitchers to throw harder though there are some pitchers who have that as part of their player plan. And, you know, the goal is that the, the the more you can elevate velocity in a pitcher's profile with all of his pitches, you know, the fastball will drag the slider, the change up with it. And as, as velocity goes higher on the, on the, 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 continuum, the value of that pitch or the potential impact of that pitch also goes higher. And, you know, and for I guess for all intents and purposes, harder isn't always better, but harder with precision is always better. And, you know, if you can repeat those things, mm-hmm. the same is true of a, of a hitter with his swing and some of the ways that, that, you know, modern baseball, and this isn't just the Mariners, but we are invested in programs like these. We're working on trying to create the, the hitter's optimal swing path. And you know, we talked about it to a degree in the off season, things that they do at places like Cressy sports and driveline, we're, we're doing biomechanical assessments of the hitter, how the hitter's body moves, the the, the perfect swing plane uh, is, is just different. It looks different than it did 20 years ago because we just have better science now than we did then. And, you know, and, and add to that that now while we're talking about adding EV, you know, we're also making, you know, real adjustments to the bats that our players use and you know right now all the rage in major league baseball is individual bat fitting and and trying to fit a player with a bat that will allow him to execute the most efficient swing he can and the intent is to generate higher exit velocities and a cleaner swing path because they're all linked
0: which is like, gotta be what kind of like a golf club fitting i mean sort of the same idea
1: Exactly right, you know, and, and I think that I was never a good enough golfer to actually go for a fitting, but, you know, now I regret it. Maybe I would have been better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe that was the secret. That's the only thing you were missing. Um, to talk a little bit about roster construction as you guys are getting closer to needing to make some decisions here, a couple weeks away from, uh, from the, start weeks, of the regular exactly, season. Two weeks, season. Yeah, today. how about that? Um, how many, how, what's the advantage to carrying a third catcher, given the, especially the two catchers that you're likely to start off with?
1: Well, you know, I think the for sure, all all things being equal, and all players being healthy, it's you know, Cal Raleigh and Tom Murphy are are going to break camp on our club, and you know, they they will get the reps behind home plate in 99% of the the, the circumstances based on um, the, the general layout. Now, that said, you know. I, and I will specifically speak to Cooper Hummel, who has been one of the most impressive players we've had in camp this year. He's, he's been a great story, uh, acquired him over the offseason. He's got a super approach, switch hitter. He's got power from both sides, hits the ball hard. He runs well, and he happens to, to catch. You know, it's a, he, is, he has a multi-position profile. He plays the outfield. He has played some infield, second base, even some third base, uh, but primarily a catcher and outfielder. And what that allows you to do if he winds up making our club and, and right now he's put himself in position to, to be a heavy consideration. Uh, if that happens, you either have Cooper as a potential DH as a potential move around the field guy who has the ability to match up against either hand pitcher, in you know, the left or the right. It also allows you to use Cal Raleigh or Tom Murphy on a given day as a DH when the other is catching. And You know, why that is an advantage, because as we know, Cal's also a switch hitter who is an above average offensive player against both handed pitchers. And Tom Murphy is effectively like having another A.J. Pollock against left hand pitching He is, you know, Tom has a a fantastic history against lefties. And, you know, that that gives us a real way to to weaponize all of the players in our lineup. In in a way that brings out their best traits and and allows them the best chance for success. So, uh, it's it's definitely a consideration for us. The wonky thing becomes you know how to manage w- with those bench rolls. You need to have backup at a variety of positions defensively, and you know that's where it, it becomes a little bit more I guess abstract. But just for sheer lineup balance and what it could do one through nine in our lineup there's a there's a very strong case to be made that the third catcher is is one of the smartest things we could do
2: how much of a role do these final two weeks play in making some of these decisions with roster construction bullpen fifth or sixth starter how all of that looks are there still decisions to be made that these final two weeks will play a role with
1: uh sure you know most of it And this is just being honest most of it is going to be relative to player health you know, we came in. We came in with the most stable roster that we've had in my time with with the Mariners. We had a pretty good idea of what our opening day roster would look like, which is to say, coming into camp, you know, 23 or 24 of the positions were were generally in pen or very dark pencil. So. Now, we we had an idea of what our roster would look like. We have had some guys that have really jumped up and and grabbed attention. And that's the fun part of spring training. And and over these last couple of weeks, if those players continue to do the things that they've done, it, it certainly results in some more difficult conversations. But so much of our team is made up of players who are coming off of outstanding seasons from a year ago. And, you know, so many of the role players on our club, like a Dylan Moore, like a Sam Haggerty, like virtually all of the Bomberos down in the bullpen, there's very hard to to justify not giving those players the opportunity to go do what they did a year ago. So, uh, you know, that will, will affect our decision as well. But, by and large, it's been a lot more arrow up type players in this spring than arrow down, and we're excited to have to make tough decisions on the last days. What are you most excited about right now? Uh, most excited about, really excited that we're getting minor league games started today. You know, where we can see if roughly any hour of the day, we can walk outside and see a game with with great players. That excites me. Really excited. You know, and I, I'm I'm going to knock on something here, but. It, really excited about our pitching depth it has been you know really the highlight of our spring Uh, has been the, the the evolution of our pitching depth where you know from the starting rotation to the bullpen from the major league staff you know on through the the top two levels really of the minor leagues we feel like this is the deepest most talented group of pitchers that we've ever had and and frankly that's what we're hearing from teams around us you know uh, when we are in the ballpark, when teams come to visit, uh, and and the arms come running out of our bullpen, it's uh, it, that's been a super refreshing thing that that you can't help but be excited about. I
0: guess on the other side of that, what are you most nervous or worried about today?
1: Uh, you know, the the two weeks that have to you know go away between now and opening day, <laughs> and 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 what could go wrong there? You know, in terms of it's mostly just keeping players healthy and. Right now, we've been very fortunate, like we were in 2022. You know, 2022, we had some, you know, some position players banged up. We were very fortunate in, in regard to pitcher health. And, and uh, you know, right now, knock on wood, we've been pretty fortunate here. It's, uh, you know, our, our pitchers have thrown the ball very well and generally have shown up uh, healthy every day. Our position players, we've had some small dings and, and general aches and pains as we get used to playing regularly again after the off season, but nothing, you know, nothing dramatic. And, and I guess if I had to, to cross my fingers for one thing is that you know we're able to avoid that drama for another couple of weeks at least
2: uh you gotta run, we gotta run here, Jerry, in about a minute or so a- any favorite pitch new pitch yet uh Logan's been throwing that that splitter a little bit is there of any and all of the new pitches that came to camp is there any that's standing out individually
1: yeah i i Logan's split is a real thing, And, you know it was never more evident than in his last outing day before yesterday, and you know, he's he's throwing that split eighty six eighty eight miles an hour. It's got real vertical drop and um, couldn't be more impressed with how much he put into it, and you know, it's a, it, it. You could see, and again, it's a spring training setting, but you know his fastball is 95 to 97. You know the the other day, and, and that split is coming in. You know something in the neighborhood of, of 10 miles an hour below his fastball and just drops off the plane. And and Logan has great fastball extension in carry. And if he has a weapon that creates that kind of vertical strike zone, that has a chance to really change his profile as well. So that's been by far the most exciting of what has been an exciting group of pitch developers.
0: That's really cool. And uh, just seeing from Shannon, who's going to join us here in about a half hour, that Dylan Moore is going to play a game today. He's going to play shortstop, which is awesome. You were talking a little bit about health. That's great to see. Uh, You got a couple guys back in camp today. Harry Ford is back. Matt Brash is back. Sir
2: Harry. I'm sorry.
0: Sir Sir Harry. My daughter asked me if that was short for Harrison, so I don't know what's going on there. But, (laughs) hey, Jerry, we appreciate it. Uh, Go find a good cricket game to watch, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, guys.